We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Hey, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Peace with the Process. Super excited to have you guys on for another episode today. I think I've got something that a lot of our listeners are going to relate to or resonate with, which is the desire to go completely remote. It's something that has definitely struck up since 2020 with COVID hitting tons of companies, tons of employees, tons of people realizing and embracing and probably realizing that they hated it, that they hate it, that they that they thought it was a good idea, that they thought it was something that they wanted and then realizing that it's not or at least not with who they're currently working for. But what I'm talking about is remote work, right? Working from home or just working uh, from wherever it is you want. I think that's the big one. I personally love yeah, I love working from home. Of course, as many of you know, uh, right now I'm still doing full-time uh, sales and, well, supervising the sales uh, for our company. And then, uh, of course, I do Peace with the Process as well. And I'm able to do it all technically remotely. I do it from home. Uh, I've tested out a little bit of uh, remote work as well. And it's I love it. I absolutely love it. So I gained a lot of knowledge and understanding of this this new way of working from our guest today, Jordan Carroll. And I think you will as well if you have any desire at all to be able to pick up and go wherever you want to go and still be able to do your work. You're not going to have to worry about uh, whether or not you have vacation time or sick time saved up, you know, leave time, whatever that is for you. Whether you've got things planned, whether you have uh, you know everything that you need set up so that you can so that you can uh, make sure that your job is taken care of, like there's a lot that goes into it depending on what your profession is. No, instead, just take it with you. Just do it while you're on the go. Do it from the comfort of your own home. Do it from the luxury of an amazing resort in uh, another country. Maybe you don't actually want to work while you're on quote-unquote vacation, but maybe you want to take more vacations, and the realistic way of doing that is to take your work with you. Do your regular work. Do do six, eight hours of work. You know, If you're working independently, if you're in, in an entrepreneur-style role, work with your schedule a little bit. You know, Tweak that out. Figure out what that has to look like in order for you to have the best experience. If you're not uh, in an entrepreneurial-type role and you're in a business type role like office setting or whatever that may be and your job your current job has the ability well and that's not even the that's not even really the big thing because we've already had conversations before with previous guests who talk about just ask so if your job could be done from home or from work or from remote just ask start with one day start with a half day start with a couple hours whatever it is you have to do ask and try to work your way toward that work your way up work your way into getting yourself in a remote position with who you currently work for. If that's not possible for you because you've been turned down and you're looking for other ways to get remote work, this is the episode for you. But we don't just talk about remote work. As many of you know, we get into some topics and conversations that kind of stray from what the general topic is, but it all centers around how we continue to grow. And I love my conversation today with Jordan Carroll. But before I introduce him on and get the conversation started, I want to thank all of you for your continued support of Peace With The Process. Many of you have been with us since day one. Those of you who are just now tuning in, I want to thank you as well. And of course, I want to thank everyone who has taken time out of their life 
to write a rating and review for the podcast. I'm extremely blessed to have 100% five-star ratings and reviews. Thank all of you so much, and thank those of you who wrote out reviews. You actually sat down, used your brain, energy, power, you know, you, you took time out of your day to write out what this podcast does for you, what you're uh, what you've seen this podcast be of benefit to, and I genuinely appreciate that. That goes into my uh, quote-unquote cookie jar. Extremely appreciated that many of you see this podcast as being a benefit, and you took time out of your day to tell us about it and to write that for others to see as well. Thank you so much. If you would like to leave a rating and review, uh, whatever platform you're listening on, if it has it, just go ahead and do that now. Go ahead, pause the episode right now and uh, leave us a rating and review. If a platform that you're on does not have a place to leave a rating and review, they are very much appreciated over on Apple Podcasts. So just hop over there, borrow your friend's phone, hop on the computer, whatever you got to do, and leave a quick review for us. It is extremely appreciated. Other than that, if you enjoy today's episode or you just have some thoughts and ideas that you'd like to throw around, head over to Peace With The Process uh, Facebook page or just find us on uh, Facebook. And you can also find us on Instagram, Peace With The Process. It's going to remain consistent across the board. Find the post that we uploaded today. Uh, If you're listening to this at a different time other than the launch day, then just kind of dig through the files there. But find the teaser post that we did for today's episode and put it in the comments section. What did you think about today's episode? What were some of your takeaways? What are you going to do to get yourself closer to the uh, remote work lifestyle that you're looking for? What do you think about remote work? And what uh, what do you think works best? for the majority. What do you think works best for you? I don't care what you want to talk about. I want to hear what your ideas are for the episode. I genuinely enjoy having these conversations get sparked. If you enjoy the deeper conversations, head over to our Facebook group, which is the Piece of the Process Facebook group, and hop on, answer a few questions, and get uh, get plugged in there for a community of like-minded individuals who are consistently looking to grow. All right, there we go. I plugged everything. I believe I did. Keep your eyes open for more content and podcasts by Piece of the Process. You can get more if today's episode does not satisfy you, obviously, by scrolling through the rest of our episodes. But there are more resources, tools, and uh, things for you to just dive deeper into over on peacewiththeprocess.com. Again, thank you, everyone, for your continued support. Without further ado, here's Jordan Carroll. All right, I got Jordan Carroll on the call today with us. Very excited to have you on the call today, Jordan. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing amazing. It's a, it's a beautiful day out here in, in Mexico. Blake, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I know we were trying to uh, talk about the geographics of it, and it's been so long since I've been there. I can't wait to go back. Uh, I'd love to go back. I know my wife has been saying that that needs to be our anniversary trip uh, again in memory. I don't, I don't blame her, man. I don't blame her at all. <laughs> yeah, you love it down there? I do. I mean, I, I live here. I've got residency as a Mexican um, temporary resident. So it is the, the home for the foreseeable future. That's awesome, man. That is really cool. Well, uh, maybe that'll tie in somewhere in, uh, in the story that I'd love to ask you about, which is, so what you do today is uh, you, your, your title is the remote job coach. Mm-hmm. You help in a few different aspects of remote work, not just uh, coaching people how to get remote work, but also a little bit of coaching in terms of people who do remote work uh, and how maybe they, they they find people to help work with them and, and some of the other things that I've seen on your website. What Tell us how you got to this point in your life. How did this become what th- that drives you? Sure. Yeah. I think unbeknownst to me, remote work at one point in my life became the most impactful cultural phenomenon of what of the world for, for me individually and now i think everybody else is is kind of catching up to that right but for me that was about seven years ago when i realized wow i, I didn't have to go commute an hour and a half in the snow outside of boston to get to my office it, it was i was working at ibm at the time in my first corporate job and i got this note on email and it was like, hey, everybody gets to stay at home because the snow is too heavy today. And, you know, we were used to going, going downstairs, taking an hour to warm up the car, 
you know, shovel off, shovel out the snow, make sure that the windshield was, uh, was clear. Just all these things that you had to do living in the snow, which I'm a California guy. Like I, I could, I, I moved to Boston to, to, for this job. So that, that, that was all like crazy to me. And then being able to stay home, I was like, Oh my God, I could just like go back to sleep. This is crazy. So at the beginning it became like, and I, I've told this story a few times, but it became like the buffer for my hangover at the time where it's like, Oh, I can stay, I could sleep a little bit longer. I can wake up right before the meeting and awesome. Great. But over time it became a way that my lifestyle really uh, manifested into what it is now where I can be more considerate of my health. I can do things during the day when I want to do them. I can set up my life. So I live in Mexico and, and take advantage of living in a beautiful place with an amazing, inspiring culture, being with my girlfriend who's Mexican and at the same time make money in, in, in the way that I want to in my business. So remote work over the course of the past seven years had just really become that thing for me that, that saved my life in a lot of ways. And I think for a lot of people, they come into that realization that remote work can be the movement of choice for them too. I'm not saying everybody needs to move to Mexico and, and come live down here with me. I'm saying that that having the choice to be able to, to build lifestyle first and work as secondary, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. That's, that's like reverse of what we've been taught since we were kids. So I think we're going through this big shift globally where within globalization, more people are getting access to the internet. You're getting more access to other people. And there's opportunity at your fingertips. You can make money online now, working for a company, doing freelance work, having a business. So it's really changing everything. And I like to be that person who changes it even for just one person, you know, for just one individual being able to get them to a place where they're not in their ideal spot now, but by working with me, they, they get to build a life that they want, man, there, there's nothing better than that. And, and, and through my my life that's that's been validated to me many many times i love it i love it, it it's it uh, that is one of my own personal drives for what i do in the uh the time management realm so helping people manage their time well one of the first things that a lot of people want to do is get to a place where they can work for themselves and a lot of times that lines up with uh, being able to work from home or not just work from home, but work on the go. They want to go and they want to travel. They want right. to see the world and they want to do that uh, while they do that. So what are some of the, um, what are some of the things that we need to know about remote work before we just decide that, Hey, this is what we want to do. This is for us. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were forced into it, mm -hmm. right? So the current climate is not really remote work. Remote work is truly having the freedom to go to, you know, without restrictions to coffee shops or restaurants or crossing borders, whatever, and being able to take your work with you. So, and there's different levels of remote work. 95% of remote jobs, for instance, have a geo restriction. I think a lot of people think of remote work like, oh, I can work from anywhere. It's like only about 5% of companies will let you work from anywhere in the world and be employed by them. And a lot of them are, uh, I mean, all of them are going to be extremely competitive to try to work for, right? So right. understanding the levels of remote work and then understanding your lifestyle needs, that's where I would start is what is it, what, what's, what's the ideal life look like? Take me through a day. And this is maybe where you and I have some crossover is how, how do you create a day on your calendar that fits your life and gets all the things that you want in it while still being productive, still contributing to something that's bigger than you, whether that be a business, whether that be a job, whatever that might be. So start there, start with what's ideal look like. If you, if you can't even visualize what that looks like, you might as well not do anything because you don't have a goal to strive for. You don't have a, um, something to go towards. So I'd start there. And then also looking at the mindset, man, like a lot of people kind of overlook the whole nature of, of what it takes to actually believe in yourself there's a lot of people that I, I talk to or, or get into contact with. They don't even believe this is possible. They don't believe it's possible to build their ideal lifestyle. If you don't believe that it's possible in the first place, then you're right. It's not possible. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I love that. Those are great. 
great things to keep in mind because yeah, I hadn't even thought about the concept that you may get the ability to work from home, but do you have that extended ability to work uh, in a completely different geolocation? That's something that I hadn't considered at all, which I, which people who are going to be listening to this to find out, Oh, sweet. This is what I've been, I've been trying to figure out, you know, what, what are some great things I need to keep in mind? Cause I want to make this happen for my life. Well, if your vision includes being in Mexico or, yeah. or going on a long six month stint out in Japan or whatever is what you have in mind, something that will um, cater to that, or at the very least uh, allow that um, as part of a, company regulations. So what are some of the most common remote jobs that you find uh, people get plugged into to fulfill some of their remote work desires? Yeah. Uh, and I want to go back to one. That's a great question. I want to go back to one point you had said there. And I think depending on what that ideal lifestyle is, that's going to frame the entire strategy and when what type of companies you'd be looking into. Right. Mm often try to get people to start with companies specific companies and why is that it's like oh well that company doesn't have a job for me it's like you should be trying to connect with companies that are your dream companies all the time you shouldn't be waiting until they have a job open to connect with them that's the mistake that most people make is they look for the job listings instead of looking for the companies if you look for the companies you start developing relationships over the course of time then when the job listing happens, I've already got a relationship. Now I have a referral. Mm. That's the big key here is that every single job that I've gotten has been through a referral. It's not been through a job application. And that's what most of my clients go through. I have uh, a long list of clients that have received remote job offers. And the majority of them, especially as of recently, there's been maybe three or four of the most recent ones. They applied to either one job or zero jobs throughout the course of two to three months working together and, and got a job. So it's definitely possible. And then your question was, you know, typical jobs. I, I run into, I think one of the most typical jobs is like software, uh, you know, software uh, engineers, you know, people that are building applications, people that are in project, you know, online project management, people that are in account management, people that are in programming, I've seen a lot of analysts come through, mm. but I'd rather focus on, hey, what are the transferable skills that you have? What are the types of roles you think you could do remotely and focus on those rather than that, you know, everything's going remote now. Like you don't have to have what you would consider, quote unquote, this, these technical skills to get a remote job anymore. There are a large number of nurses who are now remote. Wow. Which seems backwards, right? But there are nurses who review clinical data and provide either recommendations for, for clients or, or to the doctors and the patients, things like that. So, and I actually work with, with one of them and she's my, you know, I'm helping her with her business actually. So I do some business coaching as well, but we're seeing entire industries go remote, which opens up innovation. Right. There's an animal sanctuary in California. When the pandemic hit, they basically lost all of their tour income, all of the people who'd come by and do the petting, petting uh, sessions, whatever you want to call it. And now they basically created this program called Goat to Meeting. And they will put a goat or they'll give your, like a goat into your meeting, like on the camera, like a video conference. And they'll just put the goat on there or another farm animal you get to choose. Or they'll give you a tour. Man, they're charging like 600 bucks for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes or something like that. Wow. So you just, the reason bringing that up is that the forced adaption that we're going through right now is, is also forcing innovation. So if you don't think that what you're doing right now could be remote, think about the tasks that could be remote and think about the transferable skills you have that could be remote and then think, okay, well, where is innovation going and how can I tap into that? Whether that's with a specific company or in an industry that seems interesting to me. No, I agree. I, I like, I like that because it doesn't, 
the the pathway to becoming something completely different that might plug into one of your most common categories is probably a lot longer than the pathway to, like you explained, taking what you're already skilled at and plugging that into a world where, like you said, we have jobs that exist where they put a goat on a, on a, on a video, on a video call with you. And that's a job. There are some crazy, crazy jobs that make amazing money. And it's just because somebody said, I bet I could get paid for this a lot of times. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. One of the things I want to go back to was when you mentioned getting, um, uh, what is it? Gaining relationships with the companies that you admire or that you respect or that you like. So what are, what are some ways we can start gaining relationships within those companies? Yeah, now this is, this is a fantastic question. And I have a, um, uh, a book that I wrote about this that mm-hmm. I can give you for the, the, the notes for free. It's a, it's just a download and it's, it's, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the, the, the easy answer here is that you need to have one an optimized LinkedIn profile. You need to have um, not only the, the optimization of your profile as a landing page for the, the audience in which you're trying to um, attract, but you need to understand how the, the nuances of communication within virtual networking, especially on LinkedIn, because mm-hmm. it can be very easy to screw that up and and feel awkward and send messages that don't get responses and things like that I, I would start by one following every single company that becomes part of your target list and engaging with their company posts recruiters at the companies have a different view of linkedin than you do because they have a recruiter version of linkedin that recruiter version will say how long you've been following the company how many interactions you've had with the companies content and also how many people you're connected to at the company so those are kind of the three metrics that i look at is like okay so follow early follow often all the companies that you think you may ever have interest in and then be active in commenting on their posts the ones that interest you and you can provide an actual real insightful comment go to any events that they have if they do webinars or do this become a customer if you can a lot of it, like remote year, I, I had ended up traveling on this this um, this company called Remote Year. I ended up traveling with them. That's when I started kind of my travel journey back in March of 2018. One of the reasons I did that program was to work for them. So I, I became a customer first. I knew the product inside and out. I became very active in the cu- customer community. I started meeting employees. And by the time they had the job open, two, two people submitted my resume for me. So whenever you can become part of the customer communication, sign up for their newsletter, do all those things, become part of the ecosystem of that organization. And you'll start to find little ways to just add value, make touch points. Sometimes they'll do like company profiles on employees and one of the employees will do a write-up or they have a personal website or something. Imagine if one of those had three comments or, or three likes in one comment. You think you got a better shot standing out by commenting on that or putting your application into the system with 200 other applications. You, you stand much better in these smaller kind of micro uh, touch point areas to become what I would call um, psychologically familiar. Mm. So over time, you become psychologically familiar with the people at this company. Then you can look at content. There's actually a way to filter LinkedIn and filter the posts to see what are all the people in this company posting. And then it will bring up names of the people and then their most recent posts. Great way to look at who's creating content on LinkedIn at this company. What are they saying? And can I engage with them? And now maybe get onto a phone call with them for an informational interview. And if you do this, for long enough and you do it in a way that's authentic and, and you're just having conversations, people will go to bat for you. But you also need to be legit. You need to be a good candidate. You need to do well in work. Like, let's go back to like what the assumptions are. The assumption is you're an invaluable employee. The assumption is that you're actually good at your job. The assumption is you can work remotely or it's something like you're capable of doing. So don't skip all that stuff. 
and just think, oh, I'm entitled. Like I'm entitled to a job. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I are similar in the fact that I think you worked really young at 15 or 16 at McDonald's, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I started working at, at, um, in, in government actually for a, a, um, it was uh, called IHSS, in-home supportive services. So I worked with disabled kids at a pretty young age as well. And before that, I had worked helping at my dad's work, cleaning out bottles. That's what I was doing. And then I was like a dishwasher and stuff, right? Like we learned a lot of, a lot of work ethic and, and how to, to work hard in the beginning of our lives. And I, I think there's a lot of value in that. If you just work hard, right? So don't skip that part of this process. Right. I think that's one of my main things. <laughs> yeah. Don't be sitting on unemployment and uh, not have done anything in the past several months right. and expect to be able to get plugged into something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. That's really cool. Man, that's that's very eye-opening. I'd never thought about a strategic approach to getting a job in that way. I think everyone always thinks about polishing up their resume as being the primary way of getting involved in a company, but getting involved in the ecosystem. I love that take on it. Uh, yeah. so how was it that how was it that you came upon this uh, this take of of getting involved in in the ecosystem? Yeah. Um it's a great question. And, and those observations are, are usually what people say to me when they hear this, because the two biggest things people do as, as mistakes, they spend all their time on job boards. They spend all their time on resumes. Those two things, if those are your primary functions of your job search strategy, you will take, even if you are successful, it's going to take 10 times more time, more, more time to do it that way. I don't know what it was, but I, I, at some point in my, in my collegiate career, I decided that I was going to become involved. And I ended up throughout my college, uh, my time in college, I joined probably seven or eight organizations. It's very involved on campus. At one point I had three jobs. I was doing the full-time college thing. And I just love to, to make, you know, get myself involved in things. And I noticed the sphere of influence and just kind of how things work when you know a lot of people in a lot of different places. I would have people who were kind of my, my people from the, the YAL group that I was in, the Young Americans for Liberty. I had people in my fraternity that I knew. I had people from um, the sales club that I knew. I had people from like all these different places. And I was like, man, I could tap into any of those networks at any time. And I could introduce this one to this one. I can introduce this. And I just started like I don't know, my wheels turned on this stuff and it, it just, it came pretty naturally to me, but it still was something I had to practice. When I was young, extremely socially anxious, extremely shy. So for me to come out of my shell a little bit later on in life and just realize how intuitive it could be was, was, was just part of my process, but then the practice is what does it. So just because maybe you don't feel like it's intuitive to be part of the, these ecosystems, to, to kind of make these moves, to understand social dynamics, it doesn't mean you can't get better at it. And, and it's, it's a skill. So I don't want people making excuses. Like, I just, you know, I'm not good at networking. It's like, yeah, well, you weren't good at anything until you did it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You got to do it. <laughs> There's a course on that. That's what I like to tell people. Like, oh, I'm not good at it. There's a course on that. You know, uh, and, and even if, uh, you know, even if it's not something you personally offer, like you have, you know, you know, the strategies of getting involved, but then if someone comes to you and says, well, oh, but you know, I'm just never been really good at talking to people. Uh, well, give me a second, pull yeah. up on Google. Here you go. I've got three or four courses. And even if you don't want to pay money for it, you got YouTube, you can sit there and study yeah. YouTube. I had a girl on the show one day say that, uh, she had, um, her, I think she said, I've got my degree from the University of YouTube. There's always everything. ways to learn. Yeah, yeah, There's always ways. Everything's to learn. on there. You, even you, Udemy courses are free. Like, yeah. there's so many of them that are that are um, no cost, and, and it's an excuse at the end of the day. It's just an yeah. excuse. Yeah, absolutely. The route, the route's a little too hard. But for those of us that are listening to the show and uh, have done away with the excuses, because I think that's the majority of our listeners are people who 
who firmly believe in the path that they have to take to get where they mm-hmm. want to go. And now they're just looking for uh, some some tools along the way. That's definitely an amazing place to start. I want to hear a little bit about your own experience with some of the remote uh, remote jobs that you've had before. So I think you had mentioned your first job. Was it IMDb was the one? I- that- IBM. IBM, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> IMDb, uh, IBM, and then you had the one day off to for the snow yeah. day. What was well, your te- first? Technically, technically, my first remote job was a, a telemarketing job I had in okay. 2013. Yeah. So I I was going through an interview process with an insurance company at the time. It was my uh, my last year in college, and this this insurance company man, they would take you through. I think like 12 or 13 rounds of an interview process it was insane. And I was somewhere near like seven or eight, I think. And I was kind of neck and neck with this other guy. And they were like, Hey, you know, we really like you, but this guy's got actual experience. He's been out in the real world. He's done sales for another company. He's about one year out of college and you know, you don't have that. So that's still a concern of ours. Cause I'd asked them what concerns they still had. Between that time and the next interview, I went to Craigslist and I searched up sales jobs and I found a telemarketing sales job for an, like it was called artistpr.com. It's still around. Uh, and they, they do like artist promotion spots. So if you're, you know, a musical artist, you can pay them. They'll put you on their website. Pretty, pretty much it. Right. And I was selling these on the phone in between my classes and then my other two part-time jobs and any other shit that I was doing. So I'm just like on this computer, like it just randomly generates the next number and then it calls them. And I'm just like in my friend's house at the time because it was closer to campus than my house. And I had to make it to my, my work after that. So I'm just like jamming in an hour of calls in between. And so I did this for a couple of months and I ended up coming back to them at the next interview and I was like I think it was like three three weeks later or something um and I was like hey like I went and got a sales job just to prove to you that I'm willing to do the work all this other stuff they ended up saying to my mentor because they ended up uh disqualifying me from the process they said that I said the f word in the interview Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that at all so at the end of the day, didn't work out with them, which is totally fine because I went, I think the route that I went was so much better. Mm. But, you know, for me, that opened my eyes up to a few things. It's like, hey, if I, if I work hard enough or if I look for those opportunities, they're out there, right? I can find something to, to answer a, a concern. They were, they were impressed with that, right? And I did really well on the phone. So I kind of prove myself in a way. And I was like, Hey, you know, like this is the answer to life. When you get thrown a, an obstacle like that, you go and figure out something to do. And, and that was really the first time that I did remote work, but I had no idea. It wasn't really, really called remote work at that time. It just was telemarketing. So then, you know, just over a year later, I'm at IBM and I'm commuting an hour and a half each way. And the snow season hits, we, we start staying home more often because of the snow. When that was over, me and the other train, the trainees negotiated our, our work to be remote every Friday. So it's, that's how it started. And then after that, I left and I worked for a PR firm up in Portland, Oregon. And I, it was very small. So I, I was like a vice president role there and was able to work remotely for them. Quit that after a breakup, existential crisis, huge breakup. I was like, I need to leave the country. So I went on my way to, I started in Lisbon and I was working for a dating coach for women doing sales calls remotely from Portugal, uh, listening to women's stories about dating. The craziest crap. I I heard some things things that I had never heard in my life and and it was wild. So that was interesting, but it's tough. And the, the hours were awful because it was, you know, five, five, six hours later there. So I ended up leaving that. I was doing like my own kind of coaching, but I didn't really know what, what I was doing. And I was also doing affiliate marketing and like I was working as like a, a freelancer with a couple of different companies. 
just testing everything, trying to figure it out. And then I got hired by remote year, worked for them for uh, over a year. And then I went all in on this and, and this became eventually what my coaching business niche down to was remote work, like career coach for remote work. And it's just been awesome, man. Like the progression of that, the process, I know you're a big process guy. Like I've fallen in love with the process, man. And I'm lucky because I live with another guy who I met on that remote year trip and he moved to Mexico too. There's a bunch of us down here. Like we all love this place. And, you know, we wake up every morning. We're like, I love my life. And we like, you know, it's fist bump. We go work out at the gym here. Like everything's a process. Every time we walk out, we're like, let's go, let's go, vamos. And yeah. we just we just do it, you know, and it's 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 fun. If you can really get sucked into what you're doing and you enjoy it, that process can be so fun. And and remote work is is the enablement of that. It it just gives you that flexibility, which is what I love about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because your standard your standard nine to five is it's such a box, man. It's uh literally in a cubicle. Yeah. In a cubicle. No, I know it, man. My, my full-time work right now while I, while I do, uh, while I do coaching part-time is cubicle work. Like yeah. I'm fortunate that right now I get to work from home because of everything that's going on. Uh, you know, one man's inconvenience is another man's uh, happy place. So that's yeah. kind of where I've gotten. And no, absolutely, man. Uh, it makes you have to design it. You already said at the beginning, you design your life around the job rather than uh, designing your life and having a job be a part of that um, to help fund it. And it's, that's actually absolutely what it comes down to. So as part of the uh, being a process guy, uh, for starters, it's awesome that you've got a group of people that are around you who mm-hmm. have that same viewpoint. I think that is one thing that if, uh, you know, anybody listening, if you've got people like that, one, value them. Two, if you don't have people like that, seek them out. They are out there. They're yeah. just hard to find because uh, they're they're usually not the loudest people. They're usually uh, people that are that are getting things done uh, and they're and they're moving uh, a lot less than they're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I want to ask you is is what is something that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, regular basis that helps you with your growth that you feel other people could incorporate in their own lives or yeah. Uh, whatever that might look like. Yeah. Well, I think I want to start. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things, right? Like we could, this part of the conversation, we could go on for another number of hours, but I think one of the main things that I'm very intentional at doing is, is like you said, surrounding myself, not only with people that have a similar value structure or work hard, but surrounding myself with people that are better than me, expert level at what I'm trying to accomplish and compensating them to help me coaching, right? Mm. I have a business coach who mainly focuses on helping me expand my coaching business. His coaching business uh, is, is farther ahead than mine. He's a smarter person than I am. He's better marketer than I am. Find someone who you would want to follow in their footsteps, right? So that's one. Um, I have a boxing coach. Two days a week, I go and do boxing. And it's less so that I'm trying to become a boxer, but I know that if I want to do physical activity, keep myself fit, I want someone to keep me accountable to going and I want to do this activity because I, I enjoy boxing. I'm not going pro. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not planning a fight, but being there and, and having his help, I know that I've paid for the session. I have to go. There's, there's you know, there's no backing out. Um, along with that, having this roommate that I have, we go to, we live together here um, once or twice a week at the gym in this apartment complex we go to yoga, we went to yoga this morning, having someone around you like that, who's kind of the accountability partner is great. Um, I have a basketball teacher, like instructor, like he's a professional basketball player in Argentina, moved here to Mexico, plays in a league out here. We actually play in the same tournament and him and I do individual work together where I pay him for that because I want to get better. So at the places that you want to get better in your life, very specifically find the people in those niches who can help you leapfrog and, and do even better. A lot of times they can also introduce you to people, just like you're saying, that people that care, people that are hustlers, all those things, right? Like when you put yourself in a circle with experts, like my, my coach, for instance, he has a mastermind. Like he runs a mastermind with other people. So you could pay him for his coaching and then also pay him 
for the mastermind and you get automatic access to other people around the world who have similar mindset. So seeking those things out and having this structure around me where I just have accountability at all angles, it's just impossible for me to, to let up. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. It's a different take on the concept of uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know that matters. Mm. Because a lot of people think, okay, you're just getting to know people for uh, what they can offer you. Yeah. Which it, it, that, that's, a, that's a very minute piece of what you're talking about. But it's, I don't think a lot of people take it into, into terms of the accountability that they can offer you. Just knowing them and having a relationship with them, having someone to push you. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I, I call it paying for proximity. There you go. I, I'm paying for the proximity to the people that are going to change my life. And that's such a basis. Yeah. 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 That, and that's, that's such an alien concept to anybody who's kind of new to this, to this, to this world of paying for relationships. Like it's not, cause I think that can sometimes be, I think that probably has a bad, uh, face, you know, kind of face value of sure. looking at it. Like, Oh, you're, you know, you're paying for relationships. Well, there's a relationship that comes out of that that is authentic like you're mm -hmm. paying for their time which is extremely valuable because of what they do and what they offer hundreds yeah. of people that's usually a, a doorway just to get into to relationship and it really helps set you apart from people who do just want them for what they have to offer uh, because of most of those people will try to get it for free if they can but showing that yeah. you value that person, who they are, what they do enough to pay them for that relationship. I have had relationships that have started off as a paid relationship and have turned into relationships where they say, Blake, stop paying me for things. I will give this to you. You don't have to keep paying me yeah. for it. Like I, I will provide this to you because I, you know, we've built that relationship over years and years. And I know that you support me and anything that I give you, you're going to turn around and, and it's going to be, it's going to help me because you're going to share it with people. And yeah. yeah. So that's it's, a lot of cases. It's just a door. It's interesting. You brought that up because I think back to college, I paid to be in a fraternity and that was one of the main things that people outside of that would say to me. Oh, you're just paying for your friends. In, in my school, the fraternity that I ended up joining didn't have a chapter there. So I became a founding member of that fraternity. So for me, the opportunity was, was being a founder was less than 1% of Greek life in the, in the world. So for me, it was like, oh, wow, like I'm paying for this opportunity to build and to be mm. part of something that's bigger than me. And I didn't know consciously at the time that that's really what I was doing. But I look at my relationships now and I'm like, how many relationships ended up coming from that? Whether it started from someone that I knew in the fraternity that they introduced me to this, that, like so many, man. And, and I, I, I track it all the way back. I'm like, how many times did I pay to be part of something that it really changed it or it made me value it more or it, it just gave me a leg up and yeah, that's what money does. Money, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, money becomes a, a thing that we all need in life to elevate to the next level. However you you view that, um, I, I think it's right. Like, it's uh, it's just something where the more you invest in yourself, the easier things get. And and one of the things I often look at too is, did you ever play for a team growing up, a sports team? Did you Blake? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. When I was very young, I, yeah. I wasn't a big sports guy, but yeah, when I was younger, I did try them all. <laughs> and, and did your parents pay to be part of that? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. And did you have anything that symbolized that you were on the same team as somebody? Yeah. So that's exactly what the fraternity was for me. It was like, there's yeah. a team, right? So when you're finding your team now as an adult, you're out of college, all these things like create that team, right? Create those people around you that you've got, you know, all your starters around you. You can call on at any time and say, Hey, like, this is my business guy. This is my, my spiritual guy. I, I pay to be part of a, a men's group out here mm -hmm. where as a spiritual men's group, like we, we meet once a week and we talk about spirituality. We talk about women. We talk about things in our lives and like having that space for me, 
a lot of people are super resistant to that. They're like, oh, that's weird. Like, I don't, I would never do that. It's like, of course you wouldn't like, look at, look at your life. <laughs> like, like <laughs> look around, look around you to realize what the, what the reality is and what could be missing. And the moment that you just open yourself up a little bit more to maybe what, what could happen if you submitted yourself to two things and you invest in yourself for, with things, it, you know, things, it might be a little bit different for you. No, I absolutely agree. And I've got two points to kind of add to that. Like the perspective of, you know, the things that, uh, the things that we get ourselves involved in to, in, in the pursuit of, of growth, in the pursuit of growing ourselves, they're a lot, they're very, um, they're not, a lot of people see them as like, man, that's, that's weird. That's strange. That's abnormal. Uh, it's uncommon. And I like, uh, I don't know if you've ever read David Goggins book, uh, Can't Hurt Me. But yeah. he, he, he talks about being uncommon as like your entry level position. You've got even deeper levels where it's uncommon amongst uncommon. Right. Uh, like even, yeah. even further. And it goes way deeper. And if you look at the people who are so deep down the rabbit holes and the things that they're doing, you can't like people look at people like I actually just heard a podcast the other day about uh, Rob Deerdick. Like, I know this guy's successful. Like, I can see that from a, from a topographical level, but I had no idea that the depth of what he does on a daily basis, it almost mirrors what I do in terms of like, he yeah. has a self-analysis process that mm -hmm. he has himself figured out to a T to know what he has to do on a daily basis to have his most phenomenal day. Mm -hmm. And people look at him and they're like, dude, you're weird. Like, man, that's crazy that you do that stuff. So that's kind of one point is like, yeah, well, that's why such a small portion of the population has what the majority of the population wants. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're uncommon. They're willing to be uncommon. And the ones who have even more are willing to be uncommon amongst uncommon. And uh, the other point that I want to talk about is, you know, we talk about showing value to somebody by, uh, by paying money for that relationship. I think that it the perspective can be easily shifted if we view, because you hear the term all the time. I actually just finished writing an article on the, on the topic, which is the, uh, that, uh, that time is money, right? Yeah. Okay. Time is money. We all know that we've heard that before. You have to actually spend your personal time to gain money, to get things that you're going to later on spend time doing. So it yeah. all comes back to spending uh, time. Well, what do most people actually want from you? What is the most valuable thing that you could possibly give them, like your mother and your grandmother? What do they actually want from you more than anything? They want your time. Yep. You never come to visit me or I don't see you that much anymore. Well, it's because they know the most valuable thing you have to offer is your time. If we took money out of the equation and just began to see how do I show someone that I value them? Well, you spend time with them. You spend time on them and for them, you may not be able to do, you may not be able to spend eight hours a day with somebody, but maybe you value them that much. So you spend eight hours a day making the money that you need to make in order to contribute to what they're doing mm -hmm. that you made eight hours for. Yeah. It's, it's such a cyclical thing. And I think a lot of people kind of get tied up in, in that and, and they don't equate they don't make that easy, easy equation. There's, there's a lot of people out there who are just expecting other people to be loose with their time, mm -hmm. loose as they are. Like I get DMS all the time, man, that are just crazy, like crazy requests for, I get people that ask me to just look at their resume and their cover letter and all this stuff. I get people that are asking me to tell them all the secrets. Some of this, it's like, one of the things is, and I heard this from uh, an unknown source. I don't even remember where I got it. It was like, if you want 15 minutes of my time, show me that you spent 15 minutes trying to get it. Mm. Like the kind of assumption that someone else owes you something and you don't even know them. It's just crazy. And it's one of the biggest mistakes in the virtual networking stuff, which we talked about earlier. So yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought up that point. I think it's, I think it's really important. No, it, absolutely. I mean, and there's, there's, a, there's a foundational principle to be learned from us sitting here, having this conversation, being able to share your knowledge uh, with other people. And I tell people all the time, if I, didn't, uh, if I didn't have any viewers on this podcast, I would still do it. And it has astounded me the number of people who are willing to come on here and talk to me and 
have conversations about what they do and give me the information that that they uh that they've learned in their lives and that they they're pouring they're pouring this great information into me mm-hmm. uh, and it's because uh it's because one there's somebody who's willing to spend their time to listen to them uh and two you know you're you're willing to take that information and share it with other people at the end of the day we all realize that that's going to come back in one good way or another for uh for both of us uh, so there's always that kind of yeah. uh the acknowledgement in there well even just the fact that you have the show is an Im- implicit understanding of value creation, right? Because I used to have a, I don't run it anymore, but I used to have a couple different video shows. One was live when I went around interviewing people all around the world and would create these one minute videos out of the interviews that I did with them. And it was so much fun. But that, just that creation process to put someone else on, to showcase their, their knowledge and like provide an audience that got me access to more people than any, pretty much anything else that I did other than spend money. Yeah. And and it's like, if you really can't spend money on other people, create a platform, create something that does have value creation, right. For them and use that as your vehicle to meet people and, and to, to, you know, do certain things. Right. So value doesn't have to be this big drawn out thing either. It can be engaging with someone else's content. People, people post on, on social media to be validated with, with likes and comments and and, and thoughts. So if you're able to do that very strategically, you can build the network, you know, that you want, it's going to take some time if you don't have that money, but those are even just a couple of ways where, you know, you can kind of get past that or at least show, uh, you know, that, that you understand how this actually works. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree, man. I want to, uh, make sure that we take a moment, uh, so that you can tell everybody where they can keep up with what you have going on, what you do, uh, and where they can kind of get a, uh, get some more tools, resources that you have to offer. Yeah. The remote job coach.com. It's going to be the oh. best place because it's going to link out to anything that might be useful. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now I've genuinely enjoyed our conversation. Um, I love we started it off with some real solid value about what it is you specifically uh, specialize in. And then we've had the opportunity to take a dive into what has helped you uh, just kind of craft the perspectives that have gotten you to where you are today, because I think that's equally as important as the the tactics that it takes uh, to 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 create that one piece of the lifestyle that you want to create, which is working remotely. Uh, but then there's all these other perspectives that play in as well. And uh, I, I think you're definitely an example of that. It's been a, a pleasure to have you on the show and to talk to you about that. Yeah, man. Um, I think you and I have a lot in common. And I bet you if you looked at our uh, looked at our habits and routines and the things that, that we consider important, there'd probably be a lot of overlap. And yeah. I think that was one of our points too, is like, look at the successful people, look at what they're doing, look at what the uncommon are doing. Look at what the uncommon amongst the uncommon are doing and just pick out the things that that you see from there that fit you. Try them on for size. And it's the same thing with this job search stuff. It's like not everything that I say is going to work for you. And and I don't I don't intend it to. I, I just think that there's so many options, so many ways to get to the same goal that feeling what's it, what's with alignment um with, with, with you and trying out different things is, is the best way to get there. So yeah, totally appreciate being able to, to share some of those things. And there's a ton of free resources on my site, tons of videos on my YouTube as well. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for having you on the show. Uh, or <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure having you on here. All right, Blake. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely, man. Take care.
as always, what an amazing conversation and opportunity to speak with a gentleman like Jordan Carroll. I think what he's locked into in terms of helping people get set up with remote work is an amazing, uh, amazing niche of uh, business opportunity. I think that's that's really cool because I think that really does come down to the one of the foundational things that a lot of us have in mind when we think about the freedom of working for ourselves, of being our own boss, of, of running this brand, lifestyle, business, uh, passion, whatever that looks like for you. I think a lot of us have it envisioned to have the ability to move around, the freedom of not being stuck to a single location. And uh, for Jordan to be able to do that and support many people in helping them to obtain that, to achieve it, and, and to give them some, some really practical steps uh, on how to do that is great. Like everything, it does require some day-in and day-out work. All right. I like to call this part of our daily rhythm. Okay. So one of the things that I want to pull from what he said is uh, something that I want to consider part of my daily rhythm, which is the reaching out to members of communities and um, social circles, etc., of uh, companies and individuals that uh, are are part of the companies or places or things that you want to be a part of. My cat decided to jump up on my desk get down anyway <laughs> it, that is a part of a daily process it should be part of uh, anyone's daily process who desires to become part of those social circles part of those communities and this doesn't just relate to a particular company or community or uh, you know social social circle that you want to work for you know for instance you want to work for apple it doesn't just relate to getting involved in the events and the conversations and, and talking to people and getting known and, and getting those referrals, etc. That is amazing. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, if that's your goal, yes, that needs to be a part of it. But let's just say you listened to today's episode and remote work isn't quite what's in your uh, in your field of view. It's not exactly what you have planned. That's absolutely fine. Um, but I think we can take that and understand that there are communities, there are companies, there are groups that support a similar vision as to ours. So again, I go back to incorporating some form of, and uh, you know, we can just call it reaching out, some form of you know networking in our daily process. So, like I said, I like to call that my daily rhythm. If you want to know more about the daily rhythm, I also, uh, so the daily rhythm is what I call, that's like the process. I just came up with a, a nifty little name that I kind of pulled from some other people who are doing similar things uh, with their days, and I enjoyed the term daily rhythm. But daily rhythm is basically our process, right? That's what we do on a day-in, day-out basis. There are practicalities to what we have to do to get us to where we want to be. So with that being said, if you're interested in what that looks like and what type of framework might exist out there to help you get moving in that direction, well, you've come to an amazing place because that is what I love to do. I've invested a lot of time into what some of the foundational things are to incorporating a daily rhythm, to having peace with the process, the ability to grow consistently without sacrificing our relationships, ourselves, or our health, obviously, it might cost a little bit of money to get us there. So I won't say that it won't uh, sacrifice a little bit of our wealth, but it certainly won't sacrifice our uh, our performance in that wealth area. Okay, So those are the four value areas of life. We will not have to make sacrifices on the long term or make huge sacrifices. In other words, you will not become uh, so unhealthy by the pursuit of of the person you want to be when you are finding your peace with the process, right? You will not have to destroy relationships. You will not have to put people on the sidelines and, and have relationships be destroyed because of the pursuit of who you want to be and where you want to go when we find our peace with the process. I know those can be very challenging things to balance when we are ambitious and driven individuals. Or maybe you're just someone who's never really hopped on that train before and you've seen that happen to those ambitious individuals and that's what's keeping you from hopping on that train. Well, I want to be a tool and a resource for you. So head on over to peacewiththeprocess.com and click on Create Your Peace. There I break down 
some of what it looks like to go through some of just the foundational principles. And it's all based on what you value. This is not a cookie cutter uh, concept. There's just some foundational practices in there that all stem from who you are as a person and what you value and the direction that you want to go. Not what your neighbor wants to do, uh, not what the uh, the most famous person in your life right now wants to do, not the person who endorses your favorite products wants to do. It's what you want to do and what you want to become based on what you value in life. All right, I have plenty of resources that break that down uh, further, but you can start on peacewiththeprocess.com and looking at the Create Your Peace segment. And then you can also do some digging around in the articles that I have on there. I have more content coming to you to give you a deeper insight into what that looks like uh, on a regular basis, what that looks like a little bit deeper so that you can actually start applying some of these concepts to your life. But if you would like to work with me one-on-one, you say, hey, Blake, I appreciate the tools and the resources on your website, but I want to take advantage of you personally. I would love to dedicate some time just to be in your corner to help you with a little bit of the directions while you hop in the driver's seat and start taking yourself toward the uh, toward your your envisioned self, toward your envisioned destination. If you're not quite sure what that looks like, we can also talk about uh, kind of breaking down what that vision looks like for you. I want to be a tool and a resource for you. I want to be somebody who's in your corner. So please feel free to reach out. You can reach out on the website, uh, fill out the contact information, and that will send me an email directly so I can respond back to you. Or you can find me on any of the social media platforms, Facebook or Instagram, and reach out to me there one-on-one in the uh, in the DMs. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Peace with the Process, and I'll see you next time.